Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. If you want to support the show, please go over to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list, become a member for exclusive and censorship-free content by donation or for free, and most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is the founder of the Life Awareness Project. He has been traveling around the world encountering knowledge for his passion for body and mind work, especially meditation, yoga, qigong, and breath work. He focuses on training mind and body to help each person to get to know their real nature and essence to help free their mind. Welcome to the show, Mikkel Biker. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you for having me on your on your wonderful show. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. It's uh, you know, we're having a great dialogue before we jumped in. You're in beautiful Portugal. Um, I got a chance to kind of look at some of your work and your writing and your interviews. And like I said at the beginning of this. Um, you know, you're actually living the yoga lifestyle, you know, you're, you're kind of living those principles. Um, I, I would, I don't know if I'd call it a simple life, but it's, you know, you're connected with nature, you're engaged in the practice, you're producing a lot of content and a lot of training, and you're actively trying to support people and bring that mission forward, you know, bring those teachings that you found helpful for yourself and your students forward. So people can engage in them and free their mind and free their spirit and, you know, you know, help them. So uh, I just appreciate you. You have a very wonderful spirit. Um, do you want to just introduce yourself to the audience and let them know a little bit about yourself and your work? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, wonderful. Everybody that is, uh, that is watching now, uh, very great. I'm, I'm sure we're going to have a great uh, talk together. So my name is Michael. I, um, yeah, the, my, my life mission, I would say, and, and, and that's why I do it with so much uh, love and, and, and passion, is to um, just share what I found has really helped me in my life. And that is basically how to stay healthy, how to uh, live happy, but more importantly, how to uh, kind of live in a feeling of connection with a greater life than ourselves the, the great flow of life the divine spirit universe god uh, great spirit um and because i've seen when i was was younger um I, i've seen a lot of suffering in people's lives and um well thank god i i always felt kind of this connection with with life and always felt kind of uh, uplifted and i understood a bit the way of the mind and, and the spirit and i thought like how can i start helping a little bit uh, these people and then i got in contact a lot with uh, yoga and qigong and breath work after i had a big car accident when i was 18 and uh, some doctors said i, I would maybe not um, heal from a lot of ailments like my spine was broken on two spots and, and i was paralyzed on the right side for some time but uh, yeah thank god i i got in connection with a lot of wonderful techniques and i saw the power that uh, one has uh, with with the mind and the breathing how many beautiful changes one can make in their own lives and then it was my mission to to just share that knowledge uh, with others so um yeah i hope to uh, 
keep doing it myself, obviously, but to also inspire many people to, to use that power that, that you have within you. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. I didn't know about the, the car accident part. What I did notice when I was kind of going through was that, you know, you've been doing this since you've been 14. And I love that because I haven't seen or, or had a lot of guests that have been doing this since their teenage years. And most people have an awakening, right? They kind of go through life and, and, and society tries to pigeonhole you down a thing where you, you know, you get a career, you get 2.5 kids, you get a car, and then you get a nicer car and a nicer house. Um, you know, very, and then something happens in their life, whether it's an injury, car accident, illness, you know, usually an illness from like having a very terrible lifestyle. And then they're like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then they kind of come over to the side. So I loved how, you know, you've been doing this since your teenage years, which I think is rare. And what I love, I went through your Udemy and you have all these great courses, um, you know, ex extensive Qigong, uh, Qigong. And I did that when I was in, you know, the Shaolin Academy in China, which I really enjoyed. And the movement, I feel like is important. You have breath work, um, meditation, you have a lot of great stuff in here. And what I wanted to ask you and kind of lead this into is, I like techniques. I like techniques for mindfulness, for a clear mind, for a, for a healthy body. And you've been exploring these concepts for a long time. And what I've noticed from a lot of uh, my clients that I coach and people walking into this, they get a little bit overwhelmed because if you're kind of new to yoga or spirituality or, you know, mindfulness or meditation, it can feel a bit overwhelming. So maybe you can share like a beginner's guide to from for like all these amazing things that you've done. What can someone do? What are the most powerful techniques or processes you've learned for clearing the mind, healthy body or, you know, healing yourself, which is a very powerful story. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, um, there are some some very simple movement techniques and simple breathing techniques and uh, that you can do and, and I've got this seven day program uh, it, it, which all has all these techniques in it but it's good to make a choice for yourself like okay um, what is the state of being uh, what I want to achieve in my life do I want to feel uh, uplifted do I want to feel energized okay. This is probably what everybody that listening now wants, right? To feel peace of mind, to feel joy, to feel happy. Okay, how much time a day am I willing to spend for this? Make that choice. Now, you can say, well, maybe about 30 minutes a day, right? Maybe 20 minutes a day. Okay, then make that choice. Every day, I'm going to do something. Then there are a big variety of options. But there are some very simple um, techniques or sequences, like five minutes of just a bit of stretching. And whether that is yoga or whether that is qigong or whether that is just a bit of fitness, all good. Uh, there is just some very simple stretches and um, there's many different options out there. Just five minute workout or five minute stretch. I, I've got some stuff on YouTube for free um, that people can check out. But just five minutes of a bit of connecting your mind and your body, feeling your body and taking some deep breaths. Now. Then taking a little bit of time, also maybe just five minutes or 10 minutes, to just do some simple deep breathing. Just sit, take some deep breaths in through the nose. And with the breath out, you let go. You will see if you do just five deep, calm breaths like this, already you have connected a little bit more with your body, with your breath. You have calmed the mind a little bit. Now, 
you will become better and better at this. For instance, if you do this for seven days in a row, every day just taking five minutes to do some stretching, 10 minutes to do a little bit of breathing, you will become better and better at um, kind of connecting your breathing with your state of mind and your state of heart. So you will feel that with the breath out, it becomes easier and easier to kind of let go, to empty your mind, just make yourself a bit more at peace. Ah, okay. And if you train yourself, you will rewire your whole brain, your whole emotional states uh, uh, of being all these habitual patterns of feeling and thinking. You can reprogram that with a couple of simple exercises. So I would recommend people, if you want to change, commit yourself every day, taking about 15, maybe 20 minutes a day in the morning to just do a couple of light stretches to sit, to do a couple of nice deep breaths, and then you will see a great change happening after a couple of, of, of days. I love that. You know, it's, it's, it's very simple, and I agree with the commitment and consistency to just draw it out and make it simple. Say, how do you want to feel? What do you want to improve on? Then make that commitment, and then make the commitment of doing something um, every single day. And that's really where the power is. It's, it's more about consistency than saying, okay, on Saturday, I'm going to do six hours of yoga and breath work and all this kind of stuff. But if you do 15 minutes a day, you're actually going to get a much better result because you integrate it in your way of being. That's how you live. It's like, um, you know, you're only going to eat fruits, you know, on Saturday, uh, you know, and eat as much fruit as you can. But through the week, you're only going to eat, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken and McDonald's or whatever. You know, you're going to get a much better result if you kind of putting it in your lifestyle and your way of being. So I love that. Um, so for the kind of person that's a little bit. Well, OK, let's stick with the beginner right now. What can they expect with the practice? Because I feel like they're very hesitant to dive in. And I feel like a lot of people, they, they want to get something, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'll do the yoga if I can get something. Um, you know, what do you kind of recommend for the beginner to kind of go through and um, just engage with the practice and then how do things change for them? Like, what can they expect, uh, you know, after a little bit of practice? Now, um, first of all, uh, you will become a little bit more aware of your, your, your states of of mind, uh, of your uh, overthinking that a lot of people can have or constant returning pattern of emotional states that come up of feeling anxious or feeling stressed or feeling this or feeling that. And you will become more aware of that. And you will notice like, okay, most of the times you have a choice kind of, um, of resisting the feeling of trying to kind of close your ears like I don't want to feel it or I, I just distract myself from feeling the way I feel and I will eat a lot of uh, chocolate or watch bulge watch Netflix or uh, do a lot of uh, things just to ignore your feelings and your states of being you will become able to observe it like feeling like ah now I'm a little bit stressed I notice it ah I feel there's a lot of tension in my shoulder. I'm sitting maybe behind the computer or driving my car. I'm actually very tensed. And then you are able to take, for instance, a couple of nice calm breaths and just let go a little bit. Okay. Instead of thinking about uh, the thing that happened in the past, what you're stressed about, or the thing that will happen in the future that you're stressed about, you bring the awareness into the moment 
and you notice like, okay, I'm just letting go for a little moment, center myself, and then I let go. And this sounds like not much, but it's everything uh, to be able to, to become more in peace with life and to flow a bit more with life. Otherwise, you're constantly in a mode of thinking about something about the past or the future or stress or maybe uh, feeling restless. And you will become able to, moment by moment, uh, return yourself into the present moment and create a state of ah, a bit of space in your life. So being more aware helps to um, kind of prevent yourself from being in a constant mode of stress, constant mode of stress. And it will also help yourself to make the right choices in life that you will feel like, okay, what is it that you really want in life? Are you living really the way you, you want to live in life? Or are you just following what other people uh, say? Or are you just... Um, living kind of for yourself a mediocre life because you 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 don't really choose what you love but you don't do the things that you're um, afraid of to do otherwise you will maybe fail or something like that to really get in connection with your heart's desire and live from that foundation and that's a very powerful thing as a human being uh, to live from oh yeah i agree i love all that and I, I also agree with the immense power of noticing how you feel and giving yourself uh, that bit of space because that bit of space and that bit of awareness is freedom. Because if you wake up and you're stressed or you're anxious or you're depressed or you're angry or you're in a lower uh, feeling or emotional state, then you're going to just continue that feeling that all day, every day, you're always a victim of how you feel. Now, the second you notice it, you might have to go through that feeling for a little bit, but then you get an opportunity to make a choice, to add a perspective to it, to do something, to change something, to connect to your breath, to do a few deep breaths or something like that. And what it does is reset. You begin to notice and you can begin to take control. And from this, then you can then set an intention. So you have a lot more creative power, a lot more willpower. And so it's an incredibly powerful thing. And interestingly, most people are unable to do that, to clear their mind for just a few seconds, to reset. And the, and the key foundation of this is to just notice when you're in a lower state, anger, fear, frustration, um, high stress, just stop for a moment, take a deep breath, connect to your heart, do, do whatever you want. You can do a breathing technique, um, just something simple. I just say three deep breaths, don't complicate it. You know, Focus on your heart, take three deep breaths. And what that does is it's going to give you a little reset in the body and then from there you're going to have options and now you have choice you have a bit of freedom and i love what you said about uh living in the heart i feel like that is so important um i had a person reach out recently because i i started a coaching group and uh and the whole point of it is to help people find their life purpose or vocation you know like who they came here to be you know ruthless spiritual integrity who did you come here to be what did you come here to learn and a lot of the stuff out there is about acquiring stuff, right? I will be this person uh, when I make this amount of money, right? Or when I make this amount of money, then I'll engage with this practice. But I feel like it's reversed. I feel like we need to focus on who we are, 
uh, who we came here to be, develop and master those skills and share that with others. And we'll receive and we'll be able to live in abundance like you're living in abundance in Portugal. Um, you know what I mean? And, and, there's, and then there's amazing things. And I, and I looked in one of your course, um, you know, it just talks about redefining success. And that's what I, a big thing I'm trying to help people understand a lot of the time with the coaching, because I've noticed no matter what the number is that they've had in their bank, I've worked with multimillionaires, you know what I mean? Like lots and lots of money. And they'll, they'll be figuring out how to stabilize and grow the business, even though over here is their heart centered vision. So they have millions of dollars, but they still are growing. And I was like, look, just stabilize that. Don't, don't set it on fire. You've made it right. But now put, you know, 80 or 90% or a hundred percent of your attention on what the thing is you want to do. You're stable now. So I'd love for you to uh, speak on that idea. And then before I forget, I'd love for you to speak on the power of the mind and what you think is possible because you went through a healing. I've, I've had a lot of guests on the show that have done extraordinary healings. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work has a lot of interesting uh, science and documentation around that. And I've, and I've trained in that as well. Um, and I feel like the doctors that I now know from everything that's going on when they talk about terrain theory, clean food, clean water, getting the body into you know a proper state with proper nutrition with the mindset and the spirituality integrated, the body is capable of absolutely extraordinary things. And so I'll leave it at that and let you uh, chime in with your thoughts. Absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with you, Matt. It's, uh, um, I, I think we, we um, live now in, in a way of living where we tell ourselves and we teach our children that to be able to reach something or feel uh, an experience, you have to first achieve something. So in order to feel uh, happy or to feel at peace or to feel in abundance, you first have to do something and, and get that uh, nice uh, bicycle or that nice car or that nice this and that. And then you're going to feel happiness. And you will be always be dependent on something outside of yourself, a relationship, uh, your status in the world. Or, um, however, uh, we learn nothing about how to uh, become able to already feel that state of abundance which is already within it's a quality of the the soul it's a quality of your your pure consciousness to feel already um abundance and and, and love and, and happiness and joy within it's the quality of your source so unfortunately we learn as if there is emptiness within but you have to fill it up with something outside of yourself the truth of this reality is though that we are also have a great great creative power within it's it's our also part of our divine quality to be able to create things in life not just with your physical hands and your but you have a certain idea and from that idea uh, uh, reality starts to transform itself in a way that it becomes a reality so instead of trying to feel that state of abundance by doing something outside of yourself, you can also do it the opposite way. You feel a state of abundance within and feel that state of uh, connectiveness and, 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 and love and everything you look for in life. And then it's like a mirror. These things will somehow unfold themselves in your physical life as well. So you can live in um, inner abundance and then your 
outer world, it, it's like reality becomes a reflection of your state of being. So you can live in um, real abundance, not because you have so many things in a second uh, house and maybe a, a big uh, fat yacht or a super nice car, but you feel that abundance within and you can live without any worries about money, about all these things, because life, life, it kind of gives you, there's a flow of receiving and giving. And another important thing is also that um, unfortunately, and this is something that you have been training in and, and, and I have been training in, like you say, people like Joe Dispenza have done a lot of research with that and scientific uh, evidence, but that there is such a great power within of how to generate states of being that you can really influence your life in a great way. And this is something we learn nothing about, unfortunately, from a young age, uh, how to find joy and happiness and abundance in life uh, by training mind and body. It, it's what happens a lot is that children feel a lot of a bit of pressure about getting good grades or uh, looking good for the other kids or so busy about what other opinions of them are and trying to change the opinions of other people to feel that uh, security and peace within themselves. Whereas they should learn to feel it within themselves and then it will come as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And it's interesting because if you think about the, the external world to bring the inner validation, um, you know, one of the things that I've sh shared that was a big insight for me when I was coaching once was like, you know, if you can't feel whole and content with where you are now, with what you know, like what you know about a subject, with what you have, with your relationships, with everything in your life, um, if you can't feel whole and content and harmonious and full of self-love in that moment, there's no other thing that's going to help you fill that. You might believe it's a partner. You might believe it's a house. You might believe it's one of these things. Um, but the, the, the actual truth is it's not. And I haven't mastered this in any way. You know what I mean? I call myself sometimes like the grumpy monk. I read about Zen and, <laughs> and spirituality and I have these beautiful guests on to remind me of these teachings, right? And so I think maybe one of the things I'm realizing now is one of the podcast helps me because I have these beautiful reminders, you know, as I go about my day and I kind of stress out and <laughs> do the different things and, and do the practices. I have an actual human being on the other side, reminding me of these teachings because they're fundamentally true. And so that's what I like to share with, with my students. I'd like to say, Hey, if you can get to the place and, and I say, I don't know how exactly I'm there sometimes to be whole content, harmonious, full of self-love and worth, wherever you are now in that process, um, and then engage in a meaningful, fulfilling pursuit, you're crushing it. That's the, you know, the yin yang be behind me. I feel like we have this intentional power as creators, um, but, but we have this abundance and connection within that is always accessible and it doesn't require anything outside of us. And that fundamental shift is so important. Absolutely. And, and, and I think also what we sometimes seem to forget what we, learn um a lot when we are uh, children in the, in the system we're living in now is that um you need to get something to feel uh, abundance and happiness where it's actually kind of the the opposite as soon as you start just giving 
and 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 sharing things it will make you so happy if, if the focus is not on what can i gain for myself but what can i uh, add to the world and add into other people's life there is suddenly this kind of uh, shift that you stop living out of an emptiness that you have to fill up but you start to live from an abundance that you uh, can can overflow that you can share uh, and this is uh, one of the the great um yeah let, let's say let's uh, powers of giving and 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 gratitude and sharing uh, that you you're giving but you're actually receiving so much yourself as well and somehow it is uh, almost a universal law uh, what you give you will receive back so learning to use that kind of knowledge and really implement it in in, in your life and see uh, the wonderful changes it brings yeah i i absolutely agree with that and you know it's funny because i just watched uh groundhog day the other day with uh bill murray and it's such, oh, did you oh amazing yeah and, and oh, it's such beautiful. a spiritual movie you know because i you know I'm, it was a, it's been a long time since i've seen it and he basically goes through the process and he's very selfish you know what i mean and he's living his life a different way and it, there was one part of the movie that really got to me when he was at the bar and he's talking to these two people and he's like, do you ever feel like your life is meaningless? You just wake up every day and it's always the same thing and nothing matters. And the, and the guy at the bar says, yeah, like that's, that's my life. And um, I feel like so many people feel like that. We're, we're lost in these, you know, meaningless lives and they're meaningless because we don't find meaning. The individual is not finding meaning in there. So it is up to the individual to find that meaning and the wonderful thing is that you are the remedy you you just might have to let go of and i feel like even in the spiritual community one of the things i'm always coming up coming up against is this i gotta get something well i can't yeah. let go of this unless i get that i'm like well that's your anchor that's your that's what's bringing you down you have to let go of all that so then you can gain so much more and then when bill murray switched to giving authentically for a period of time and he stopped trying to get um, then it, it, he clued in and he, in the next day, he's like, what can I do for you now? What can I do for you today? And it's a very powerful way of being because I've seen this when I was in Nepal um, and all these other countries where people didn't have a lot. It's this perspective that we need to get m more things. And if you look at, you know, people who have a lot, which, it, which is fine to have a lot, but if they don't have it without that balance, it doesn't matter if you get into a Ferrari and you go home to a $10 million house, if you're empty inside, no amount of helicopter or cool thing is going to help. It's just going to, you're going to be empty. It's really um, that simplicity that's so important and inverting that, that thinking because you can have abundance. You can have your needs taken care of. You can have a house. You can have all those things. It's just balancing out um, that, that, uh, integrity within yourself to move towards meaning and service is a, is a total 180 on how we're taught to live our lives absolutely absolutely and, and that's the thing our the whole um it's, it's not really to criticize the the system that we're living in or something but it's it's uh all about you have something you do something for the other day you, you you get some form of uh, money back or you and then you have money for yourself and you keep it for yourself uh, it, it, it's very much creating islands on, of, of, for the soul when actually there is there is is, is, is a unity in reality, a unity 
for uh, of the soul on a, on a deeper layer of this reality. So, um, yeah, I, I think there is a kind of uh, shift, big shift happening for that, that we start to understand that like, hey, this is not the way uh, to, to, to live life, just to get money. Uh, you let people work really hard in, in factories or you, you burn a whole forest just to dig a mine and to get money to make you happy. It, uh, it, 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 it's, it's more, I, ho I hope at least, that it becomes something of um, that the real richness of somebody is in how much you can share, how much you can give. Uh, because we are tribal people in a way. We have been millions of years ago surviving because we worked together, because we helped each other, because we, we shared everything. And, uh, and this is a quality uh, which is within us to, to share and to feel happy with sharing. Yeah, absolutely. I love all that. And so, well, there's a lot of things we could dive into, um, you know, with your courses on, um, I think it's Udemy, you know, you've had 43, almost 44,000 people go through your courses. And I recommend people check those out because they're very inexpensive. I'm browsing through now and, and they're incredibly reasonably priced and there's going to be a lot of information in there. So, um, you know, go through and start practicing, starting in, engaging in some of these things. And, you know, you have a lot of courses on mindfulness and the power of the mind and so the way i want to kind of direct this question is if we are in a world now right most people they have bills to pay they have kids they're, they're trying to move forward how can we design our lives from a place of power you know and authenticity and then move forward in architecting it because if we don't have the money to pay for things right that's what people say well that's great mm -hmm. but i live in the real world and needing money to pay for to pay for things. So how do you recommend people kind of divide the uh, architect and build their lives from a place of authentic authenticity and then move forward and build it, you know, with all the struggles and the challenges that come from living in the real world and paying rent and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Um, it's, it's kind of reprogramming a little bit your own state of mind in, in, in your own emotional state uh, again and by the way if, if people don't have money to pay for the, the, my courses they can always send an email and they get the course for free uh, it, it, it has to be about um, um, sharing like I said it, it makes me happy to share so if you don't have money don't worry about it just send an email and, and you get it for free the thing is uh, things like gratitude just feeling grateful, even if you uh, have problems paying your bills. And, 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 and I really feel uh, for the people that are listening. I, I feel for you feeling that pressure constantly and feeling squeezed be, between a job and not having time and all these things. Um, but learn to feel little moments of, of gratitude. Sometimes if you have food in front of you, take a little moment like, okay, wonderful. I got food in front of me. And also if you have maybe... Um, uh, before you go to sleep think of three things that you're thankful for that you have maybe a roof over your head all these simple basic things in the beginning it's maybe hard to feel gratitude but like learning to play the piano eh, you will become better and better when you practice more and more every day to start generating these states of being so you will be able to feel little moments of gratitude little moments and if you do it more and more you these moments will become bigger 
And like we were talking about before, that your state of heart and your state of mind will reflect back into your physical reality as well. So as soon as you will start to feel grateful and focus on the things that are already good in your life and you feel contentment with, your focus will shift from focusing on and kind of only seeing what is not yet good and what is, what is uh, terrible, what there is to complain about life, but it will be shifting it towards what is already good in life and to feel uh, gratitude. And all of the sudden, it's like a, a, a mind shift starts to happen because you will start to also see all the opportunities that are there in your life. Uh, you will see that there, hey, I can actually change something, do this, and then some things will change in life. Or you will notice that, um, yeah, all of a sudden, uh, some some opportunities will, will come into your life that you first normally maybe didn't see or your mind filtered out because you were only focused on the negative side, but you will focus on the positive side and some things will change in your life. So learning to train yourself to feel little moments of gratitude, even for just breathing. Take a nice breath and feel that space in the moment. And once you do that more and more, your brain will rewire, your state of emotion system will rewire, and it will bring uh, this state of being into your whole life as well. Oh, man. Well, you know, I love all that because I'm thinking that there's a huge difference between people who say what you're saying um, but then also practice it. And it seems so simple, right? When you're, when you're stuck in everyday life, you say, just take a deep breath. And, and, you know, that person who's very busy is like, shut up, you hippie, you know, that's not going to help. <laughs> and so, but when you integrate it um, over time, you get those spaces of the mind. Cause when the mind is full and it's on a hamster wheel going crazy, there is no space for opportunity, for new information, for new thoughts, for you to be connected to nature or God or source or spirit to empty the mind. And one of the ways I've heard meditation put before was a uh, prayer is speaking to God and meditation is listening. Some sort of mindfulness, some sort of quieting the mind. And if your mind is always full, what happens is all of those thoughts generate feelings in the body. And, and most of those feelings are negative. They're anxious, they're stressed, you know, they're depressed and all these different things. But what this does is it teaches you, you actually have that control of your central nervous system of your body and your emotional states. And so when you get that control back at, over time, you're going to get more spaces. So you're going to be able to see more. You're going to be able to see more opportunities. You're going to feel more inspiration. You're going to feel more inspired. And so it's very simple, um, but very, very practical advice. And, and uh, I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, I just, I think there's a big difference between people who kind of do the uh, poster board vision board of it, but then integrating it and you will have that experience. That is, that is so important. And, and it's simple practices, right? It's just uh, when you have a plate of food in front of you, instead of eating it and thinking about all, all these worries that you might have, just take a little moment, take two breaths or three breaths. Uh, personally, I very much believe in, in, in God and higher spirit. I always say grace to my food. But even if you don't believe in it, say grace to, to the nature, to the plant. Take a little moment to feel like, hey, I have food in front of me. I could also uh, be starving from hunger. It's like some people are in the world. And 
in the beginning, this is maybe very difficult, but you can train yourself. It's like a muscle that is very weak because you have not been using it for so long. But if you, you train it a little bit every day, it will become stronger and stronger. And this whole neural pathway of, of your brain, how you experience life and how you make your choices, you will influence in a wonderful way. So all these moments where you uh, can take a couple of breaths, where you can feel gratitude, or if you see a nice cloud formation, if you are on a walk or some flowers, even if it's just for one or two seconds to to be be still and notice like okay wonderful okay and then carry on with your life integrating it yep yep 100 percent. and i kind of equate that to uh like a lens like we're looking through life and it's all dirty with these negative thoughts that are just habitual what we're doing is we're just clear, cleaning the lens of our view of the world out and eventually that begins to integrate in our way of being in our state of being in our entire outlook. So it just takes a little bit of time, um, you know, done consistently. And so just take it step by step. You know, one of the things I want to ask you, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I just, just about that lens, which is a very interesting thing because it works both ways and the lens of, of how it comes in to our lives, how it's filtered out or what we, what we see, uh, but also it works the other way. It's like a projector. So the things that we project into our life, the things that we create, if there's a lot of specks and dirt on the lens uh, and you project uh, like a projector it on the wall, you see all these specks and dirt uh, parts as well in, in even bigger. So it, it, that's why it's so important that lens, uh, the, the, the filters of your mind on how you perceive life and how you create life to keep that clean to keep that uh, good and transparent and pure well i love that i'm glad you jumped in with that i i've never had that analogy before i think that that's brilliant um one of the things i wanted to kind of chat about is you've gone through a lot of different processes and, and techniques what is your favorite or most powerful meditation or breathwork practice or anything like that you know for me I would say I'm not a breathwork expert. I have tried many different times, you know, things through martial arts, mostly it's through sports and athletics because, you know, when you're dying and you don't have any breath, you know, it's like, it's a very integral part of your training and, and understanding. Uh, but, you know, there's also the spiritual breath patterns and, um, you know, the yoga and, and all that different thing. What I've kind of said to people, what I like about it is that, in meditation, often you can sit there and, and a lot of beginners will think, well, nothing's happening. Well, breath work, when you do it, it focuses your attention immediately on the breath. And the breath is one thing that you can do to take control of your, um, is it sympathetic nervous system or parasympathetic, whichever one goes just naturally. I was, I was, yeah, I the parasympathetic is the, the, the calming and then relaxing. The sympathetic is, uh, is active. active. Yeah. Right. So when we, when we put our attention on it, we can actually change it. And so the breath actually does this. It's a very powerful process. And, and there's lots of techniques, but even just three deep breaths in itself will work. But I'm just curious from your experiences, do you have uh, a favorite or most effective um, technique for training in mindfulness and um, you know mental states of being. Well, I'm, it's going to be a little bit longer uh, answer than you you uh, you might uh, expect, but because um, 
with breathwork, and that's the beauty of it, uh, you can both really activate the, the sympathetic nervous system, so the active activeness in your nervous system, or you can uh, activate the, the calming, rest and digest part of the nervous system. There's a lot of these stronger breathing practices that are very uh, popular right now. Uh, Wim Hof breathing and Kundalini breathing and all these things, which are wonderful uh, breathing techniques. They are very activating. Um, the thing is, uh, after you feel a little bit nice and spaced out and it's very nice and calming and, and relaxing, but it's also very activating for the mind. So what I've seen a lot is that uh, if people only do this, their mind is a little bit too active and they're a little bit all over the place, it seems, uh, and, and not very grounded. And those very calming uh, soft breathing techniques very very slow slow breathing are very good to ground to center yourself so my favorite breathing techniques are for instance one where it's very activating where you breathe like it's called shit shakti prakriya it's a wonderful technique and then combining it with right after doing a super calm and slow breathing so that you breathe as slow as you comfortably can and not deep but just super slow and you learn to make the breathing more fine more calm and slower and slower and slower and this really helps to uh, get into a state of meditation and deep relaxation is is the dog uh, okay you can hear it or I can hear it, but it's not too crazy. You know, if you got a dog out there, there's not much we can do. No, it's, it's not my dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Okay, yeah, okay. So, uh, the, the, it, it's very important for me to, to, to combine both a little bit of active breathing technique just to open up the whole nervous system, the respiratory system, all the system, and then to really slow down and calm down to center more and more and to go into a state of meditation yeah i love that and the other thing that uh with uh breathing i was i was getting at was the sympathetic nervous system you know for a action and stress and, and parasympathetic um you know common relaxation but we've you know we've also got somatic nervous system which is essentially the same thing but it's voluntary and i'm no expert at this i think a lot of people will be a lot more versed in understanding this but the autonomic nervous system is involuntary and so normally, like with our hearts and stuff, it's harder to change our heart rate. We can go run, but we're not consciously telling our heart to do it. With breath, we can actually begin to control that, right? And normally that's just, it's, it's done with the, um, you know, autonomic. It's just, it's just done when you breathe, it's breathing for you. You don't have to think about it, but you can actually voluntarily do it, which is a very fascinating thing because it changes the chemistry of your entire body. You know, it's going to change and affect your heart rate. It's going to change and affect uh, your neurology. It's going to go up your central nervous system. All kinds of wild science stuff is going to happen. Um, like in, I uh, had, um, uh, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about it. And uh, uh, shoot, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, From Mind to Matter, H Hawkins? No, uh, Dawkins. I think it's Dawkins. I can't remember, one of the two. Um, but he, he goes into the science of it, which is really interesting and the challenge I see for a lot of people, and I, I kind of keep bringing up is if you feel like you can't change anything, right, and you're stuck is not true. Just start with even walking. Like every single day, if you can say, you know what, I'm not going to do any mindfulness. I'm not going to do anything weird. I'm just going to get up and I'm going to do a 20 minute walk every single day. 
getting outside in nature is pure gold. And we're just so disconnected from a natural way of being. And uh, I can say this for a real world example. When I do these uh, hypnosis experience, I call quantum heart hypnosis. And uh, all it is, is hypnosis into the heart. So we just put the lens and we relax the mind and body into a state, but we, um, we bring in the intelligence of the heart and say, what does the heart want? And you're still there. You know, people think you go to this other one. It's just looking through world of a different lens. You know, um, that's all you're doing. So when we, when we look through the lens of our heart and our spirit and our authentic self, every single person that I've done this with wants to be in nature and connected to nature. They want to be doing and living uh, their life purpose and they know what it is. You know, people know what their life purpose is, um, but they don't know how to bridge the gap to money. That's the problem, right? It's not so much knowing, it's, it's being able to actually pursue it with all the challenges of the world, but that's your beautiful journey of to do that. You know what I mean? You can figure it out and you'll problem solve that and you'll get there. You just might have to let go of a lot of the things culture and society and everybody told you was important and the television with you know the cars and the money and all that kind of stuff you might have to let go of that for some sort of time to reconnect with yourself and meaning um, and they want a simple life with community right and so when we just walk in nature nature is such a fundamental part of being human and if you look at these big cities and how people are living in this rushed life you know um, we're just so disconnected from that wisdom from that intelligence, from that communication. And uh, we don't see it as any kind of value. We, we, we put our schedules up, right? And there's no time to go for a walk in the park because what is that going to get me? You know what I mean? There's no value there. And, and I think like just, you know, taking that walk, taking that space, connecting to nature, you're also getting feedback from the environment that is cooperative, that is helpful, that wants to connect with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what is interesting, though, I, I used to live in big cities as well, like uh, Amsterdam. And um, uh, in, in a city, it seems like every part is of the, the city, besides uh, your, your house or the shop, is to just go from point A to point B. And when people are on a beach or in the park, all of a sudden they, they feel they are where they can be. Uh, but what I used to do a lot, and this is maybe an advice for people, if you feel like, well, but I live in a city and there's no nature and this and that. Enjoy going for a walk through the street. There's uh, so many wonderful architecture. And, and uh, just to, for a moment, instead of being always going from A to B when you're on the street, stand still. Or if you're on a station, just watch the people, watch the flow of, of creation, watch um, the, the cars, just watch life happen and 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 stand still for a little moment don't be part of the constant flow and the constant rush but step out of that wheel and just watch that wheel for a little moment and you will see there's beauty actually in everything there is beauty uh, in 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 city there's beauty in busy traffic there is beauty in all the different um, uh, elements of of nature of uh, culture as well it's just whether you can see this or not with your with your state of of, uh, of of mind well i love that answer i think that's beautiful and well with the architecture i've been to amsterdam and you have some extraordinary architecture and i was riding a bike around getting to check that out and experience it and that example there just reminds me of engaging with the journey right it's like 
we're at point A and point A is good or where we want to be or where we have to be at some times. And then point B, whether it's the park or the, or the cafe or, or whatever, is the next point where we have to be or we want to be, depending. Hopefully you want to. Um, the more wants, the better. <laughs> and so, um, but then everything in between is not worthwhile, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, exactly. that's no good. And that's taking away basically 98% of it. And, and I think that that's really brilliant advice. And it just shows that, you know, through that lens of appreciation and awareness, you can notice the beauty, you can notice all these wonderful things, um, no matter where you are. And I think that that's a fantastic um, perspective and, and something that might be challenging to engage with at some time. And, but, but something that we can come back to. And then the other thing I was going to say is just about Amsterdam, you know, riding the bikes everywhere you see everything a little bit more slowly and it's a wonderful experience. And then when you get out at, and walk, you notice even more detail. So sometimes Absolutely. slowing down is the way to go. Right. But we're kind of taught or persuaded into speeding up to be more effective, to be more efficient, to get more, you know, and it's kind of flipping it on its head and, and, and reminding yourself of that balance. Absolutely. And, and it's, that it, it comes back again, uh, if there is no space in your mind, uh, and uh, then you always miss out on so many things that every moment has to offer uh, you. So if there's no space in your mind and you feel, okay, I have to go from this appointment to that appointment and I have to do some shopping and always going eh, from A to B, and then there's a little bit of time to feel relaxed. Um, to learn to create those little moments of uh, space if you are waiting for instance at the metro station or if you are waiting at the red light or if you are just walking through the street take a little moment a little break even if it's just two or three breaths to just okay where am i now what am i seeing like take it in you and and when once you create more and more of this space in your mind or rewire your brain to be able to observe and to see what's happening. The more you do that, the more you are able to, to have this experience of space in your life and to see that every moment of your life has uh, some beauty in it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So what, what I'll ask then is like, what do you recommend for people who want to connect with spirit or God or nature? And I think we've covered on this, but I'll ask directly, uh, spirit, God or nature, develop their intuition and just have a spiritual connection. What, what, what do you recommend for those people? Empty, empty uh, the mind a little bit, uh, and and this sounds uh, for a lot of people very cliche. Uh, empty your mind, la di da. But you know this, uh, most of you listeners. If you close your eyes and you sit, probably the only thing that you experience is your own mind chattering. Whether you're doing it correct or if you still have to do the dishes or get the washing out of the washing machine or whatever it is, there's constant chattering and there is no space in your mind to experience. The, the connection or to experience spirituality. And that is why these wonderful techniques of, of yoga and, 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 and qigong and all these wonderful techniques, it's not just to keep your physical body healthy and strong, which is almost like a wonderful side effect, but it's to learn to, with some breathing and, and with some movements and with sitting and concentrating, to be able to create a little bit of that space, that stillness of the mind, that you can open yourself up to the experience of uh, a deeper reality or 
actually is not even a deeper reality. It is the reality. But the only thing that most of uh, the people are only experiencing is the reality of their own chattering mind and their own judgment about the moment. Like, I, I want this, but I don't want that. I have to get there. And this I did wrong in the past. Or that was nice. Not having stillness to feel the higher state of reality. So I would advise them, yeah, do, do breathing, breath work and learn to, to bring stillness in the mind with meditation and all these things. And then it will come by itself. And one more thing about this is that a lot of people um, are maybe reading a lot uh, about these things or maybe watching a lot of wonderful podcasts like, like this one. Uh, but if you're not putting it really into practice, it stays a nice theory that sounds very plausible in your mind, but it, it's not your own experience. So to make it your own experience, you have to dedicate some of your time every day uh, to, to train your mind and, and, uh, and body to be able to experience it and that it is a reality for you. Absolutely. Yep. The experience, I feel like it is paramount you know, for, for how we're going to engage in this. Cause you could read an entire book, but not put the practice in the same with breath work or meditation and things like that. Um, you know, just, just practice and kind of let go of the result. Cause you'll start with the monkey mind and things like that, but you'll get better. Just like anything. If you try to play the piano and you've never played, you're going to be brutal. You know, it's a very difficult instrument, even with the guitar, it's a little bit simpler um, than the piano, but it's still very challenging just to, you know, do a few chords at first and, and it's going to take a longer time to master. What about the concept of letting go? I feel like that's going to be a big one for a lot of people because we're in this massively transformative time right now. And there's no certainty. There never was before, but we had more of an illusion of certainty. It was kind of like more certain now. So we realize that everything is uncertain. So what have you learned about the process of, of letting go and engaging in life fully? Because when I'm coaching a lot of people, that's a big, deal of it is like you got to let go of this idea that it, it doesn't hold the same weight right the reward that you kind of was being positioned for you it's not as exciting as it might be if you get it you know what i mean it might be missing the substance of who you are and if you and if you redirected and you reevaluated what was most important to you what your values are what you truly care about what you want to experience what you would do if you had a day, a week, or a year to live, how would you begin to spend your time and what things would you be doing? And when you really sit down and contemplate with those questions, one just holds so much more weight and that will require letting go of something that other people and other influences in society have told you that you wanted, but then you see it and it's, then you got to now make that choice. You know what I mean? Just like a lot of the easy choices. Um, I just did a great interview with Arthur Coombs and he wrote a book called um, the hard easy or something like that. Hard easy. Yeah. And he's basically like, you can make the easy choice of, uh, you know, sitting on the couch and waking up at 10 AM and eating crappy food. Uh, but you're going to, you're going to have a hard consequence later. Right. Or you can do the hard thing now, which might be getting up and take care of your body, even though the mind's saying, I don't want to, uh, but then it's going to be easier later. You're going to have more flow. You're going to have more happiness. You're going to have more alignment. You're going to have more integrity within your being feeling like you didn't compromise. And so, um, but again, that requires a lot of letting go. And I'd love for you to speak on that concept. 
Yeah, it's um, learning to to let go. Also, sometimes mean to to let be first. Um, and uh, this is something. Uh, it, it is uh, with with meditation that you really really learn. First, learn to observe your own chattering mind. Learn to calm it with the breath, and learn to r recognize, like, okay. There is a lot of chattering in my mind. Uh, there is a feeling of feeling a bit of negativity or feeling down. But there is also something within you which is listening to that. So instead of um, trying to think like, okay, I should let go of these thoughts. I should not think about this or I should not feel like that. Or But maybe it does not go. Even if you try to let it go, it does not go. So let it be. Ah, that's how I feel now. I feel a bit of sadness within. Or ah, there's so much chattering in my mind. I feel that. So what is observing that state of being? Or what is listening to um, your chattering mind? It is like a, a higher self or a deeper self. And then you can start to a bit give, accept a little bit more. Bring a little bit more kindness. And once you can do that with yourself within, you will also be able to do that with other people. You will be able to not always uh, try to control other people, what they say about you or how they think about you, or you can let it go. Okay, he or she thinks about, uh, about me like this or that. I don't have to get angry with that. I keep it with that person. I keep my own peace and that connection with the true self, that higher self, and I, I accept it. And then you will see, you will break that relationship not the actual relationship but you break the the, the friction you have uh, in that uh, relationship and you can let go instead of feeding it by trying to change it that goes even further once you start to be able to completely accept yourself completely be able to uh, let be and also let go you can do that also for the world as a whole and you understand okay the way of this world, the way of this layer of reality, there is friction. There, that is that layer of, of reality, the dimension that we are uh, in uh, now, uh, as you are experiencing this life now. So you can start to accept that, okay, that's the way of the world. That is uh, how things go. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to follow orders or this or that. I, I keep with myself. But I accept it and then you keep that light within yourself shining and that connection with the source because as soon as you start to get angry or frustrated or you become the darkness that you are trying to to fight so learning to create that acceptance first with your own heart with your own mind then in your smaller surroundings and then in the bigger surroundings and understanding that reality has its flow, has its way, this dimension of duality, of friction that we are in, there is also, in a bigger level, at the source level, a unity in it. I hope you, you understand a bit what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, especially with the world one right now, it's a reminder and it's a challenge, right? Because of all the, all the wild stuff going on. And, and the one thing that we can control is how we respond, you know, in our own uh, states of being and that's the real important thing to, to recognize that we can 
choose how I think as Victor Frankl's quote, man's search for meaning is like the last of the human freedoms is one's ability to choose, um, you know, your perspective in any given situation. And that's what we're, we're dealing with on a mastery level right now. And the, the more we can be in the states of acceptance, right, with for what is and, and empowerment, and it doesn't mean uh, checking out, right? And I think that your view is, view is um, balanced because some people are kind of checking out and they disregard it. You know what's going on? No, you, you accept it for what it is, but you allow your way of being to still be in congruence and in harmony. Um, and if there's a choice that you need to make, you know, you can make that choice. It's, it's what I've learned a lot through martial arts. Uh, if you get in a dangerous situation, you can't put your head in the sand. But the more aware you are and the more calm you are in your way of being, you're going to find a solution and a way out of it or around it. And that's what your um, constitution is. You know, your way of being is to, to move to peace, to go to peace, uh, inner peace and outer peace and, and to, you know, quell conflict and to be that example in the world. And um, the more of us that can be that, uh, the more important because there's a lot of things going on right now, but our states of being and the way that we treat each other and what we do in the world is more important than ever. And I feel like our, our vocations and how we spend our time, right. You know, to, to just really simplify, to connect with people we love um, to, to come back to being human because what we're moving towards is less and less human, more and more. Absolutely. Artificial. I, I, and I, I think it's important to also uh, to ask yourself um, and then we come back again to where do you put your focus on um, don't forget to also put your focus on on the light if if we look at it in a, on a more energetic way there is on the one hand a very strong desire to to have to take control but then on the other uh, hand there is a strong flow towards mental liberation in in humanity uh, but on the other hand, like I said, there, there is a desire to, to control. Be part of, of the mental uh, liberation. And not because you're trying to fight the, the, the part of the control, but because you're focusing a lot of your time also on the light within. Not only doing uh, meditation and breathwork, all these things, um, but also uh, keeping the focus on what is still good in life. How much you can mean for other people. How much you can uh, give to other people uh, in kindness or attention, all these things. Because the, the, the tricky thing is in this situation now, you can bring so much focus as a person to the negative part and watching a lot of the, the, the news or watching a lot of videos or watching this or watching that. You will cultivate the... the, the, the the darkness a little bit inside of yourself as well because you're putting so much of your energy and focus towards it and i think if if uh, and i strongly believe that if humanity will focus as much time on the news and all these things instead of focusing their time on the, watching the news and, and videos and all these things on training their mind and heart then a big shift will happen uh, in the world and this is this is kind of also for yourself maybe as well but but my mission to help people as a, as a global consciousness as a global human hum, uh, humanity to tap into that power within to connect with that light within and to start shining it 
So the more you connect with that light, the brighter it becomes. The more you focus on the darkness of the world, the more that light within yourself, you forget that you need to feed that as well and to keep that shining. Because I think if you look at it as, as a duality of, of one part darkness and control, other part liberation and light, uh, it won't be one by controlling the darkness. It will be one by shining the light so strong that there is no room for darkness anymore. Wow. Amazing. Well, I absolutely love that. And I feel like it's a personal message for me. Um, it's something that I, I've been uh, challenged with since the beginning of this is to know the truth of it, um, but not get lost in it. And I'm reminded of that quote. It's uh, if you stare long enough into the darkness, it'll start to stare back something along those lines. And it's very, it's a very low place. Uh, it's a very scary place. And where I've come to it in my perspective is that we need to understand it if there is a threat, if there is deception, if there is this going on, uh, but not to get locked in it, right? So if you look at percentages, if you spend all day, every day staring into the darkness, um, you're going to get a negative vibrational and internal effect. You're going to be so consumed with this fear that you're not going to be operating at your full capability. So just being very mindful of how much time that you're putting there and how much you can handle and more time to cultivating your inner power, your inner strength. So if you have a clean mind, a clean body, you are, you know, your thoughts are good. You feel good. You're very healthy. You eat well, you're going to be empowered for something, you know, that might be challenging. So if we look at in history, when wars have happened or all these different things happen, or I particularly like the samurai, you know, um, in other cultures, you know, if they knew a war would come, um, they would, didn't stick in fear. They trained, they mastered their body. And if they had to make that choice, even in that battle, they would be calm because the second they freak out and get stuck in fear, something negative is going to happen, but they continue to project and hope peace to protect the village. You know what I mean? And that's this, that's a powerful state of being. Um, and you can really easily get um, locked into despair. And I feel like that solution is um, understanding it's there. That's the challenge for me. It's like, okay, look, we understand it's there. Great. Just understand it enough to know what you need to build the solution is. And so who it's with, who you need to be, what you need to do and focus 90% of your time there because unraveling each layer of detail of, of, of that negative force or that negative influence or some of the things that are going on may not be as useful as cultivating the strength and the practice absolutely. of the inner knowing and the inner being on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because like you say, staring into the darkness uh, long enough, uh, it will stare back at you. That, that's very interesting because you will uh, get feeling of frustration, of anger, of maybe even a fear of uh, all these things. And these are dark states, you know, but you're cultivating an unknowingly within because you keep focusing so much on it. And uh, it's good to know the truth. Don't get me wrong. And it's good to know, but also to sometimes let go and say, okay, th that's the way of the world. Maybe for now, I don't uh, agree with it. I, I, I will um, in the choices that I can make, I won't uh, go with it, but um if, if I look at it sometimes, uh, I, I sometimes some days I don't watch news, I switch everything off, I don't watch anything. And then I think how much of my daytime am I really um, confronted with this situation? 
And it's maybe only when I go to the supermarket to buy some, uh, some food that I have to wear a mask. But the rest of the day when I'm at home with my kids or when I, I, I just walk uh, in the park or maybe I see some people with masks, okay, but I'm not really uh, confronted with it unless I put my type of focus on it that I start to think about it or when I'm eating my food, I think about uh, the situation, about COVID, all these things. Um, only, only then. So it's, it's for a great part also my choice, how I'm using my awareness and my energy, what I'm focusing it on. And I try to be very aware of that to keep it focused a lot on the moment where I am here and now and onto the light and cultivating the light within and not the darkness. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you're at a stage where you've made it to the other side already, so to speak. And by that, I mean, you're living your life intentionally, right? You're not in a place where you're trying to get away from your life. You're, you're, you're in the pursuit of living that. And, and just like your accident, it shows uh, a lot of people need a challenge or a catalyst or harm to move that direction. And we're getting a planetary catalyst to say, okay, look, this life outer world is, is forcing you to look at all your decision and choices and what you think is important and to move in a different direction. And that's going to be up to you. And that's what this is inviting us towards. I feel like a solution. If all of us learn to let go of all of the artificial came back to really connecting to who we are, who we came here to be found like-minded people, and then look to give value to other people, how we can give back, how we can support, how we can help. It's a totally different way of being, but right now, culturally, it's all about what I can get. And so that's part of that waking up process, but then you're going to have to let go of a lot, but it's, it's, it's much more freeing on the other side. It's much more honest. It's much more, um, has much more integrity and truth to it because um, there is a truth, you know what I mean? And if you're going around, uh, trying to just get things, there is a cost, you know, and, and absolutely we need to look at the, those balances and ways of being, and we can be guided with this. We can fight it, right? Some people are saying, oh, this isn't going to happen and it's going to go back to normal. Probably not because there is an agenda from certain people who want something to happen, but it can be our choice to move that, right? When you learn about germ theory versus terrain theory and the power of the body, you're not concerned. I'll just assume you're not concerned about coronavirus or many other diseases because you know the power of the body and that's empowerment, right? So you knew that it's like, oh, there's all these crazy things out there, infinite diseases, germs, cancer. And you're like, well, I don't fear of those. If I have, I, I understand the power of my body. And then I've also probably grieved my death and understand that my life is not permanent and there is something greater. So at that point, I'm going to have all the tools and capability to deal with this situation, even though it might be challenging. Um, but the chances of that happening are very unlikely because of the way that I live my life, because of how integrated I am, because of my connection. And then you're empowered. And so that's what we need to move towards. It's because we've kind of like uh, moved toward the government being our daddy. You know, it's like, I think in the Bible, I'm going through a lot of this natural law, common law stuff and uh, or no common law versus maritime law. And in the Bible, it goes back and it says, you can't serve two masters. And one of them is the government where we just obey and we don't question and we fall in line and the government gives us everything that we need, or it's God, spirit, the universe and nature coming back to empower our connection with everything. 
you know, empower ourselves, our connection with spirit, our connection with the animals, our connection with each other, um, and that beautiful resonance. And we do have that connection and power, but it's kind of getting severed through these illusionary um, kind of hooks or lures to bring us into this false system, you know? Oh, this car is a little bit bigger and shinier. So what are you going to have to sacrifice to get that, right? How much time, how much focus, right? You know, in these jobs that don't feel fulfilling for you, you spend 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week doing something that doesn't fulfill you. That's most of your life. And that's something that I could never wrap my head around. And I think you were the same way, the way you navigated life. It, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Why would I give the majority of my life to do something I don't want to do? That's what slavery is. And so we need to have that hard talk with ourselves to figure out, well, what would we do if we were free? What would we do if we were retired? What would we do if we could do anything? And then move towards that because you'll find it usually doesn't take as much money as you think. It takes ingenuity and time and commitment and letting go of all this falsity. And so I'd love for you to speak on any of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's realizing that uh, richness has nothing to do with how much possessions you have. Uh, richness is, is an experience within yourself. And uh, that can be in any moment as you uh, experience yourself when you were traveling around the world, probably uh, in Nepal and all these places. Some of these people are very poor. They have nothing. They have a chicken. They have not even a door uh, in their house and a tin roof. Um, but they're happy, you know, they're content. They, they, they can share their, their meal with you. And, and they are much, much richer than uh, people that are still uh, complaining that their super yacht is not finished uh, in time when they want to go to the Bahamas or whatever uh, it is, right? So uh, richness is, a, is an abundance that happens within you. It's, it's an experience of the soul. And um, learning to feel that, it doesn't matter where you are in your life, what situation, uh, you can still feel uh, contentment and connection. And that is also, if we come to biblical uh, phrases like, like be, be part of the world, uh, be in the world, but don't be, be part of the world. Be, be in this whole, whole thing that is happening and be in, in the world, but you don't have to be part of that red race of that craziness or uh, of that almost polluted way of thinking and treating each other uh, stay connected with uh, a, a deeper connection with with life and this goes a little bit too theoretical for some people but realizing that okay you have a physical body you have energy that flows through the nervous system in the form of electric energy and other types of chemical energies you're a body of energy but you're also consciousness and on a deepest level you are connected with the great spirit with god uh, with with nature with life and if you can realize that and feel that connection that is there uh, within it doesn't matter if in your outside life outside world if it's not the optimum condition you will keep that connection with the spirit within and then there is always the sense of, of richness and, and connectedness even if the world turns completely upside down and goes crazy so learning to kind of learn to make that connection 
within that is that is deep within the heart or the consciousness or within yourself that you can um, kind of take a step back out of the world what is happening in the world and and, and the whole culture and society and recognize okay that's what's happening i can flow with it and use it in a way uh, i can uh, accept some things I, i don't go along and agree with the things that some of the things that are happening but i can keep that connection uh within myself with the great spirit within oh man well i i love all that i think it's very well said and, and beautifully put um this has been a pleasure i've really enjoyed this conversation and i feel like the the perspectives are simple and they can be challenging to implement and at the same time they're true and you will experience those things and it's and it's an endless work of progress you know and so you know to go at it with a state of curiosity and joy and and ease with yourself as you move um towards these new ways of being but they they are true if you contemplate you know what you said and 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 these things they're they're true they just they just are true and so now the journey and the how-to is is for each of us our own way and if we can kind of commit to those ways of being and say this is important to us this is important to myself my connection then we'll we'll get closer to that resonance we'll get closer to that way of being so um you know i've, I've really enjoyed this conversation is there anything that you wish that i'd asked or that you'd like to speak about before we um, end the conversation i i just hope that people that are listening now to this conversation are going to put it into practice right Otherwise, it's all more theory for the mind. And you think like, yeah, 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 really nice. Really, or maybe uh, you don't agree with it, of course. But uh, (laughs) if if you're not going to do the practice for yourself, it will stay a theory and a nice theory up in the mind here, but not integrated in your experience of this reality. And and therefore, uh, I would highly recommend uh, start doing meditation and breath work and if you're interested uh, maybe Matt puts a link to my website do do a seven days uh, I have the seven day program that in seven days you learn a couple of these techniques to to integrate this into your life so simple breathing and movement techniques and you will see if you dedicate yourself even if it's just for seven days in these practices it will really change your whole way you experience uh, life and and um yeah do, do something or with another teacher or whatever type of breathing technique or something as long as you do something and act upon the theory that you know and not just keep it a theory uh yeah absolutely i agree with that and you said it at the beginning you know you said just make that commitment uh, do something each day and yeah, check out, you know, your, your programs are incredibly reasonably priced and there's a lot of information there. And I, I love going through everything. I go through, you know, all the personal development stuff and that's how I've gained my knowledge is that when somebody tells me they have a technique, I do the crap out of it. You know, I meditated for months. You know what I mean? I, I go, I tried the cold training. I do it all just to know what it does and once you have the experience then you're gaining the knowledge and wisdom so you actually have to put it into practice and you know i haven't seen your seven day thing um in particular but it's such a great uh, i would recommend people check it out because you know i'm not about quick fixes and at the same time i know that seven days 
is enough to have an experience. If you, if you do a seven day fast, guess what? You're going to have an experience. If you do seven days of just the cleanest diet, no sugar, no salt, no meat, no dairy, just like fruits and just so clean in seven days, you're going to feel that you're going to actually think differently. And that's another key is food. You know what I mean? You eat super clean for seven days. You will think differently. We have all these toxins and poisons and, and watching the news and your mental nutrients. You do any of that for, you shut off the TV and social media for seven days. You will have an experience. And that's why just go into that, check it out and commit to that. You know what I mean? And then you're doing something and then try something else. Even if you went in, and you got no value, which would not happen. Um, you know what I mean? And you said, all oh, this is bogus. You would still have knowledge to get you to the next step. Even if you went in and was like, this is total nonsense. None of it worked. If you committed to seven days to that complete nonsense, you would be further along. <laughs> so it's not about the right way or the perfect way. It is about something. And, uh, you know, so I, I totally agree. And I could see that value. And then what that does is set the spark and the initial flame to go try again, to try more, to, to do something else, to integrate that way of practice, almost like um, the whole world, I, I think it's the simplest example, the whole world is out of shape and you know they're unhealthy and have low energy. And you're like, hey, uh, walk every single day for 20 minutes and uh, eat, eat some fruits and vegetables and nobody in the world eats fruits and vegetables. And then all of a sudden in seven days, like, what is this? And then we need to do that for our mental and emotional and spiritual well-being. And it's not a common or celebrated or important part of many cultures. And that's why we feel incomplete, depressed, disconnected. It is because of our way of our life and our culture. And then we can choose new practices and ways of being to feel a different way um, but it requires our participation. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and it's interesting because you you see it a lot in the um, in in a lot of cultures, in the Christian culture, in the Islamic culture. And there are periods of times where you uh, do some fasting, or you 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 don't eat certain uh, types of food, and you only eat healthy. It was integrated in our whole culture, but suddenly, and now this culture that we have now. Uh, which is void of spirituality, and uh, uh, we we forget all about uh, these, these these practices. So, like you say, uh, um, even if it's just uh, seven days, even if it's three days, you know, uh, do something, and and you will feel like, hey, it, it made a little change. And then, but at least then you notice, like, okay, it did something, or or you got some uh, more new ideas. Just just experiment with these things and do something and, and make changes in your in your habitual patterns in life it will it will bring you wonderful good things for sure a hundred percent it opens it opens the door a crack it show you know and that's everything uh slavery is when you think you only have one option if you have two options that automatically means you have infinite options because that second option can then mutate and transform into infinity. And so that's what that does. It gives that second option, which gives you freedom of possibility. And so uh, I loved all this. This has been wonderful. Where do people go to, to connect with you or follow your work? Where's the best place? Um, you can look on Yoga Lab with L-A-P, uh, Yoga Lab. LAP from the Life Awareness Project. Uh, it's, the, this project is called, and um, yeah, or Michael Biker, uh, Michael Biker at uh, 
uh, on Instagram or, or, or Facebook, all these things. You can, you can look there. And like I said, uh, if some of you are listening and, and you, you, you cannot afford to pay a course, just send us a mail. You can get it free. But of course, if you can't afford it, uh, please, it's just 10 uh, US dollars or 11 US dollars for most of the courses. Very low price. Um, hopefully, you can, you can take some time to, to do that. And uh, yeah, Matt, thank you very much for, for having me on your show. Keep inspiring the lives of many people and uh, keep dropping little seeds of life and light into the lives of people. And that uh, together uh, we can, uh, everybody that's listening, that's doing these practices, we can make the world shine a little bit by lighting up the, the source of light within. Uh, beautiful. Well, this has been a pleasure. I appreciate you. We'll definitely stay in touch. And uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Check out the courses. Like I said, they're all yeah, incredibly reasonably priced. And um, like it, I because I went through your your programs, and they're they're very well done. So just thank you for your work. I appreciate you. Peace and love. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>